You're listening to the Don't Tell My Grandma podcast. All right. All right. So how has your week been so far? Oh, it's been been uh, non-eventful, uneventful. So it's been just like lounging around. Yesterday, I actually took an entire day off. Ooh. Um, it was my birthday, so I was like, I'm "Oh, see happy, birthday. happy birthday!" Oh, oh thanks, thanks. I'm I glad decided you took to lounge the day off. Ca- I was gonna lounge on my couch. I've been, I've been doing so many podcasts lately, and my, and I just start, I just switched to the host account on Podmatch, and so I'm, I'm booking guests now, and so now my, my calendar is so packed out, it's crazy. So I was like, nobody has me tomorrow. Yesterday, you know, yeah, the entire day to myself. Good, good. That sounds like a nice birthday, relaxing one. It was. It was lovely. It was lovely. That's great. My dad's birthday was yesterday too, and um, I oh, didn't really? get to. Yeah, I didn't get to talk to him because he is on the north rim of the Grand Canyon. Oh, so he had. Wow. Yeah, he had a good birthday as well. I'm is he hoping. camping or? Yeah, he's camping. He has a motorcycle and he goes on trips with his oh, buddy. Very- yeah, so Very he cool. he went there and spent I think a week at least on the rim. I, I've I've flown over it and seen it from the sky, but I've never gone down to the ground and looked at it. Oh, you flew over it! Wow, yeah. Yeah. I haven't had the chance to do that. That must be the the best way to uh, see the whole thing, like yeah. perceive the its immensity. It's really interesting because I I saw it in a commercial airline and going over in a commercial, you're so far up. You're like, is that the grand Canyon? It's definitely a giant, giant hole in the ground. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, you're like, I wish we were, I was on a smaller plane or a helicopter. I was down lower. I could have seen more, but uh, in the, in commercial airline, you're just looking down on this giant thing. And you're like, Oh, it looks like a giant crack in the earth. It, it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It must be so humbling how it dwarfs everything. Yeah, because if you're on the on the rim of the canyon, yeah. oh man, that's some perspective right there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when I when I climbed Mount Sinai, I was up on top of there, and I was I was standing, uh, I guess, twenty feet from the edge, and it's you're looking at the watching the sunrise come up over the Sinai Peninsula, and you're just like going just in total awe of what you're seeing, and then this 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 German guy came running past me. And was literally jumping rock to rock on the edge of the mountain. <gasps> oh and no! It was it was like two thousand feet or something. It was like it was like a ridiculously far way down. And he he didn't fall, but it, man, it was scary for a second. That's some yeah, agility. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine. No. But it was it was it was amazing to see it though. I bet, and it's steep. It's a steep way down. I yeah. can't imagine. I haven't on the hiked. one side especially. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I haven't climbed, I haven't hiked down myself, but both of my parents have done river rafting trips in the canyon. So I'm hoping that first we could take Juan to see the canyon and then maybe we could hike at least partially down. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. I haven't yeah. had the experience of just being like at all at something. In my country, we don't have that many. I mean, we have a lot of richness in terms of nature and uh, new there's a lot of diversity but there's nothing that's like huge that makes you feel mm-hmm. small that grand yeah yeah that's why they call it the grand canyon the grand canyon that's right <laughs> all right so we start yeah, let's hit that music yay 
welcome to the Don't Tell My Grandma podcast, where we get candid, cultured, and don't take life too seriously. And you shouldn't either. Today, we have not only one other speaker besides yeah. myself, yeah. <laughs> we have our usual co-host, my wonderful husband, Juan. Oh, thank How you. are you today? I am good. I am really excited. And we are again trying to uh, experiment and try to find people who are really uh, insightful and experienced and interesting. And uh, I'm really excited about the, the guest today. Well, you are very lucky. Our listeners are very lucky because yeah. today we have an exceptional guest speaker. And I'm going to try to introduce you and give your long timeline justice but you feel free to correct me um today we have a speaker who is a keynote motivational speaker he was a comedian and from my understanding you did stand up for the military or you you worked with the military i i did six u.s tours i did not do stand up i do i do situational slash skit comedy okay um yeah Okay, excellent. Well, my back, my background is ba is mainly in stunt work and fight direction. Yeah, and then that, then I, cre then I created a comedy sword fighting show that went all over the world. Wow, oh, very cool. Yes, that was my next one. My next one, um, stunt coordination and fight, um, fight director. Um, you're also a professor at Oberlin College, and was, yes, was and an advocate was. for personal development. Did I get that I right? I agree with that statement. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's right. good to know when you know when you are, who you are. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so this is <laughs> this is John Davis, and John, welcome to the Don't Tell My Grandma podcast. Would you like to say a little well, more about yourself? Well, thank you for having me, and, and I, I promise I won't tell Grandma because you know, <laughs> she'll tell Grandpa, and that'll be bad. Oh, um, good. That's on the contract. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Ex excellent, excellent. Yeah. Well, as, as as you have said, I'm a now I'm a corporate speaker, and and that it was a long route to get there. Uh, <laughs> when I was the when I was a kid, I wanted to be. I was always the kid who had a stick in his hand, pretending it was a sword, and was out running in the woods, playing out there in the fields, and doing all kinds of things crazy, swinging from trees. And when I when I got into my into my late teens, early twenties, I decided to become a stuntman and a fight director. And I started working with two of the top fight directors in the country, who started giving me their training for free because they saw talent in what I was doing. And I was very 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 fortunate to work with those guys. And was going for my black belt in taekwondo. And then one day. I, I literally was helping someone unload a van and I picked up a box and I turned to set it out of the van. I was 22 years old. I turned to set it out of the van and my spine broke in two and I collapsed and was paralyzed. And they hauled me to the hospital and they told me I had a condition known as spina bifida occulta, to which I promptly said, Gesundheit. Because <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> I, you know, I, I had no idea what they're talking about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Never heard of that. <laughs> that Are you term. speaking alien? <laughs> <No>. Yeah. <laughs> right. Just doesn't and sound basically, good. Basically, oh, it, it didn't feel good either. I can promise you that too. <laughs> um, um, basically, what that means is three of my vertebrae never formed properly at birth, and so they were kind of all wonky. And what happened was they're right above my pelvis, and when I had the extra eighty pounds of weight in that box and twisted, I I just literally cracked them apart and collapsed. The doctor said he says. Um, 
we're not sure you're ever going to walk again. And we're, we're positive that even if you do walk again, you'll never be able to have a physical career. You'll probably be, have to have a sedentary job. And I'm lying in the, and well, you basically took all my dreams away at 22 years old. And I'm lying in the hospital bed and a, a friend of mine gave me a gift. And if you look back at it now, it kind of seems like a cruel joke, but he gave me a book called the Tao Jeet Kune Do by Bruce Lee. And so imagine he, this guy gave the martial artist who was just told he would never do martial arts again, a book by the greatest martial artist that ever lived right? <laughs> about martial arts. <laughs> who also and, um, recovered from a, a debilitating injury. Yep. And he, and he wrote that book while he was recovering, exactly. which I thought was fascinating as well. And I, uh, I was very excited ab about it because I found two things in there that really got me on my new journey. And my, basically the first was leveraging your present moment, staying very, very present. And the second was mental flexibility. You know, when obstacles show up in your life, you stay flexible rather than rigid and, and work with it. He used to say, be like water. You come to a rock in the river, you flow around, over, through, you know, but you never, uh, you never allow yourself to stop. And what the doctor was saying to me was, he was the rock in the river. The, the, the doctor was the rock in the river who's saying, you'll never be able to do this. And I basically said, well, I'm going to leverage my present moment. And I just started that day flexing my upper back muscles. And I slowly, over the course of, you know, weeks, just started slowly going down my back, flexing more and more of my back muscles until one day I finally flexed my hips. And they were like, oh my God, he can move. He's just great. Amazing. At a month, I was sitting up on the edge of the bed. At a couple months, I was walking up and down hallways. At a year, I was back to what I would consider normal, but not back to my rock hard masculine self <laughs> that I was before. Um, and at a year and six months, I gave myself a gift. I climbed up on top of a three-story tower and jumped off into a fall pad. Wow. And, <laughs> and, and then I went on to do over 4,000 live comedy sword fighting stunt shows all over the world, including the front lines of Iraq and Afghanistan on six U.S. solo tours. I wow. In Hollywood, I, I trained uh, actors in all kinds of different fight styles. I climbed several mountains. Um, I've done everything I've ever wanted to ever since. And in the course of looking at the way... It, the process that I went through, I eventually created a system I call the five F's, but that process literally is hacking the fight or flight response, leveraging your present moment and, and remaining flexible as you go through. And you can, you can achieve anything in this world, anything mm -hmm. at all. We, uh, we wanted to talk to you about the five F's actually. Yeah. Did you, did I hear you say that you created these five F's? Yeah. Yeah, oh, they, okay. they are my five Fs. <laughs> Excellent. Do we want to dive yes. into oh. those? <laughs> uh, Copyright. It, it's kind of funny when you say it out of context, like five Fs. Like, oh, uh, it's like an insult? Uh, like a new way to say that? There's a six F, but we don't talk about that mixed company. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not today. I think it's... Not today. It's Not today. The, Grandma wouldn't like it. Grandma would hate it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Explicit content. I think like your story in itself, it's so fascinating and uh, inspiring because a lot of people who probably have faced um, debilitating injuries or not necessarily doesn't have to be like that. There's a lot of not even to uh, that extreme. Yeah, right? to that extreme. There's a lot of people who face a lot of uh, adversity challenges in their lives adversity. and adversities, and they feel like that's life telling them it's enough. Your your game is over. You need to you need to 
retire or something. Uh, and I, I think we need more stories like that where you see people overcoming these adversities and inspiring you to keep moving forward, telling you that it's not like life doesn't stop the moment you find a, a challenge. Life puts a challenge there for you to actually face it and grow. Right. Well, the interesting thing about that statement is people will tell you certain things out of the goodness of their heart, thinking they're helping. And, you know, oh, yeah, we can't let him think he's going to be able to walk again. Right. But the interesting, the interesting thing is if you take their belief, you're living their life and not your own. You know, you, you literally have to live your own life. And for me, he said I was never going to walk again. And I said, I am going to be a stuntman. And I went on and I, and I became a stuntman. And I did it very well for a long, long time and taught it even. So, you know, it literally, you're, people will conscious, consciously tell you what they think is the best good for you. And all that does is create subconscious belief behind you if you take it in. And that subconscious belief is, is pervasive. And it, it, what it does is it, it begins to create a cycle of personal belief that limits you on what you can achieve. And you have to literally set down by staying present, what you do and staying present positive in particular, you're actually stacking new moments behind you that are positive and successful. And so you're literally mitigating the negatives that have been placed in your life. And the, the, the goal in life is really to stack as many positive and successful behind you as possible so that you can kick into autopilot and, and, and your subconscious belief is helping you create positive and successful. That's right. Yeah. And so would you say that that moment was the catalyst, the, the aha moment where you felt like, okay, I know what I want to do with my life. Was everything smooth after that? Or did you start facing more, more challenges? Yeah. Yeah. I know anytime you set a goal and try for something, something is always going to come up. And, but the interesting thing is, you know, we kind of tapped into the subconscious mind already. The subconscious mind has two jobs. The first job is to collect memories of your present moment to create that underlying subconscious belief. The other thing your subconscious does is it shows you what you're focused on. And I'll give you an example. I'm a big fan of Jeeps. I've had, I've had four of them in my life. I've got a beautiful one sitting in my garage right now. I love Jeeps. When I drive down the road, I see every Jeep that's on the road. I see every Jeep that's in every driveway. I see every Jeep everywhere I go because my conscious mind is all about Jeep. And so it's just like when you decide you want to buy a big item, you start seeing that item everywhere before you buy it because you've, you've got conscious focus. Well, your subconscious mind is showing you that. That's what's happening. So people will sit in their present moment and they'll live off of these subconscious beliefs of their, of their family, their friends. You know, your grandma might have ended up going through the depression and mom might have a lack mentality because of grandma, right? So it gets handed down that way. So it really comes to this process of, of going, what am I focused on here and now and present? And the more I can stay positively focused here. And then, like you said, you know, for me, it, the, the back injury was the greatest moment of my life because it showed me what I was capable of. Now, being capable does not, capable does not mean that I didn't have hard times. I went through a lot of struggle and, and pain to get to where I got to, but the, the struggles and the pains did not, um, were not as bad as, as they could have been had my mental state not been in the right place. If that makes any sense. You know, and you, you really have to keep your mental state in a positive frame. Right. right. 
Is there anyone um, or any other people's voices that you heard during that time when you were hospitalized that really helped you maintain that positive mindset? Well, you know, what's really interesting is when I was in the hospital, I really couldn't listen to anybody else. I was amazed at the support system I had. I suddenly, my family really stepped up to help and all that. But even that, even they were like, oh, John, well, you have to realize you're not going to be able to, right? And, and you know, they're doing it out of the care of their life because they, they, they're thinking, oh, my God, this has been his dream. We've got to make sure he doesn't you know, get, we have to make sure he stays real. And reality is an interesting topic if you really think about what reality, because, you know, Einstein said everything you see is nothing but pure energy. And that pure energy is nothing but an event, not even really something solid. So if you hold your hand up and you look at your hand, your hand is nothing but pure energy. And the eyes you're looking at your hand with are nothing but pure energy. And the air in between is nothing but pure energy. And so what are you really? You're your thought. That's all you really are is you're a thought inside this energy. And so when I, when I took, if you know, in the first week I took, I took what the doctor said seriously. Well, where did it take me? It took me to wanting to commit suicide. It took me to some very dark, deep places because I wasn't, I wasn't creating my experience. You know, there's, there's a couple th- you mind if I tap into a little spiritual stuff? Hmm. No, not at Go all. For it. Go for it. Okay. Please. So in, in Buddhism, everyone thinks of, of the famous Buddha quote, life is suffering, right? But it's interesting. The word suffering that has been, that has been translated into English, the word that was translated was, was dukkha. And dukkha does not translate to English well because it has a broader meaning than just suffering. So when they translate the word dukkha, there's actually three separate interpretations. The first one is pain or suffering. The second one is habitual response. And the third one is your, your past beliefs. So the word dukkha, when you encapsulate it all, means life is suffering because of habitual response from past belief. So that's what the real meaning of that word is. And so what I just was talking about with the subconscious mind was the exact same thing I was just saying, right? So your habitual responses because of your past belief are causing the issues of your life. But you can change your habitual responses because they're, they are habitual. You know, they say that 21 days of repeated action creates habit. And so if you want to change your habit, you've got to change your present moment and, and stay consistently changing it for at least three weeks or more to, to create the habit of positivity. And the tough part is most people, most people have a hard time saying positive because they're so used to being negative, right? They're so used to being in their velvet cage and knowing that I'm very comfortable in here and I know what the issues of the world are, but they don't realize all they have to do is open the door and fly. You know, it's kind of an interesting animal if you think about it. I think a lot of people who are negative also feel some sort of self-righteousness. Like, I know what the world is. You don't know you're a fool. You want to, and you want to, what I find interesting about that statement is I believe that we are all here to, to, uh, we're all searching for love in some form, and it doesn't have to be romantic love. Love can also be acceptance. or And a lot of people mistake power for love. And so when they're, when they're um, righteous like that, they, they are literally grabbing for power. And 
you know, and so it really comes down to they want to feel powerful. And a lot of times, the reason you've been told certain things by other people is so that they feel powerful, if that makes any sense. That's very true. It reminds me a little bit what you were saying that like living, living in the moment also, I don't know what the quote, who the quote is attributed to, but it's like life is lived in the moment, but it's understood by looking backwards. So you you have to be aware of the past to give context to what you're living. Like if you feel depressed, it's because something in the past is making you feel like your life is living just like you're just experiencing bad things over and over and over. You feel like your life is always going to be like that. And that's also not living in the present moment and understanding that it's, it's, it's only the now that matters, really. Like the past, it's already gone. There's nothing you can do about that. And the future is an uncertainty. So it's, it's just like going from now to now. And the tomorrow is also just going to be the now eventually. We're all a result of our past experiences, but where change happens is when we um, acknowledge what happened and use that as leverage to move forward and grow. Right, right, exactly. And, and, you know, Robin Williams once said when they they asked him if he would ever do a Mork and Mindy reunion show, and his his response was, you don't look backwards if you're trying to go forwards or you just run into a tree, right? That's right. (laughs) Right. But the thing is, people spend so many, so much time looking backwards and experiencing from that past place. But there's only one moment that you can actually do the three things you, you need to do to create. And the three things are thought, word, and deed, right? But there's only one moment you have that you can do that. As you said, Juan, the, the past is just, is you know, there's nothing you can do about it. It's already done. It's just memories of past experience. The future, you said it was an uncertainty. I, I actually look at it a little differently. I say the future is just a place where I set goals for my next present moment. Because, because you know, you the problem that most people have is they have these giant images and pictures that they want to achieve in their life. And they're, they're looking at it and it's so big and so daunting and they can't see how they're ever going to get to it. But the thing is, they're never going to get to it. And the reason that they're never going to get to it, because that's not the way it works. The way it works is you do small present moment successes here that are in alignment and it comes to you and surrounds your experience because when you experience it, it's going to be in your present moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's actually much more empowering that feeling like, Oh, you have to, you have to get somewhere. You have to achieve something and get somewhere. How about you, you work on today and let that thing come to you. You kind of attract it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Well, you know, Gandhi, Gandhi said you must be the change you want to see in the world. And, and Buddha says, uh, what you think you become, you create your world. Krishna said you are the, the culmination of your thought. Jesus said, whatever you ask in God's name is granted. And Moses said that God's name is I am. Well, I am is literally this present moment declaration. So what you are presently moment declaring, I am blank. You're asking in quote unquote God's name. So that's what you're creating into your experience. And the interesting thing is a lot of people sit in this moment and they and they they they're creating on a treadmill. So they're like they'll they'll be constantly saying, I am wanting, I am needing, I am hoping, I'm trying. They're basically just declaring they don't, they're not, they're not doing it, they're not creating it. They want it is not a creative word. I had to take those words out of my vocabulary when I was going from my back injury because wanting, needing, hoping, and trying kept me in the bed. And, you know, 
today I am, I am, you know, exercising today. I am flexing my muscles today. I am, I am, I am. And next thing you know, I did over 4,000 live comedy sword fighting shows all over the world. That's amazing. And, and you, you were not, I mean, were you aware of the successes at the moment or were you at some point like at all, like, Oh, I did all this. I celebrated everyone. I, I flexed my upper back today. Woo. I was very excited about it because the, you, the only, the only time you can celebrate too is your present moment. Right. And, and, the, and the goal really is to stack as many positives behind you as possible. You know, let's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump into the five F's if you don't mind a little bit here. Go for it. Go for it. Yes. Okay. Okay. So the first of my five F's is fearless, fearlessness. And You really can't talk about fearlessness without talking about what the definition of fear is. Now, I ask audiences all over the world, what is fear? And the rooms go silent. And then somebody in the back of the room will, will say that the old trope, false evidence appearing real. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I hear that one all the time. But, but when you look at false evidence appearing real, that's not an actual definition of fear because, you know, that, that's a metaphysical new age sort of way of looking at it. But When you break it down scientifically, fear is just an emotional reaction to some future event that may or may not happen with you focused on a negative outcome. So it literally is just negatively focused on uncertainty. And so we all have a natural primal fear response that's based in the fight or flight. You know, when we, when we get scared, we don't feel like we can breathe. Our chest gets tight, our, our shoulders get high and, and really, you know, tense. And the reason that happens is, you know, if you've ever watched any of those, those safari shows, National Geographic shows on TV, you know, they, they usually have that one star of the show, the doomed gazelle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, right? yeah. the, the poor doomed gazelle. He's sitting out right. there in the field, munching his grass. Right. And then suddenly the lion hits the field. The first thing that happens to the gazelle, he goes, <gasps> and he gasps for air. Well, why does he gasp for air? Because primarily he's filling his lungs up so he can run further and faster. When you're, when you're afraid and you can't feel like you can't breathe, it's not because you don't have air. It's because your lungs are overfilled so that you can run further and faster. See, actors on Broadway are trained if they forget all their lines in front of a giant audience. They're literally trained to go <sighs> and exhale, relax all their muscles. It shuts off the fear response and the cognitive brain kicks back in and gives them all their lines right back. It literally works every time. And when I was on the front lines of Iraq, I was talking to soldiers and they said, you're getting ready to go into a, a firefight. How can you do that? And then they said the first thing they had to do was exhale. <sighs> we're we're going to get this done. So that's the first thing. Release your fear, get fear less by, by getting less air. That's the first of them. Do you have any questions on that one before we move on? Do you? No, I mean, like it, it, it makes so much sense. Once, when, once you give it a little bit of context, like you see this in like yoga, you see mm -hmm. this in, it's, it's a lot of wisdom that sometimes is masked behind a lot of practices, sometimes religions or, Meditation. yeah, it's, it's obviously coming from centuries of people understanding the body, understanding the mind. But when you put it the, so beautifully in, 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 the, in that way, you kind of understand you have that aha moment like, oh, yes, of course. It makes so much sense. Right. Even in Christianity, they call it the breath of God, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> you're, you're breathing, your air, right? In meditation, you, you do breathing meditations. Native Americans do chanting, which is just basically 
exhaling with sound, right? And so there's a whole bunch of ways that the air is moving in these spiritual practices. And in meditation, you know, you're constantly allowing yourself to reach that state. You know, it's so amazing. So let's go on to the next one, because when I was talking to those soldiers, then after they told me about the exhaling, they said it's really kind of another tool they have to release that fear is that they have an objective, something to, to, to focus on. So it's fearlessly focus, fearlessly focus, right? So, but that we talked earlier about the positive or negative focus. So, you know, what you focus on here is what you're creating. And so you have to really understand that when you're focused on, on a positive outcome, you know, that's what you're going for. I can tell you from absolute 100% experience, when you are standing on top of a three-story tower, looking down at a fall pad, you are not thinking about the tower or you're not thinking about how you're going to crash outside of that tower. You are thinking about exactly where you're going to land, right? Yes. You're, focused, you're focused on the positive outcome. And so you've got to get seriously fearless by exhaling and relaxing and then just focusing on where you want to go and go for it, you know, so go fearlessly focused. The third one's the tough one. Well, it's not really the tough one. It's the core element of them all because it's, you know, when you have five, it's the middle one and it's faith, belief, confidence. You have to believe you can do it because if, if you don't have, if you don't have a core element of belief, then you can't necessarily take an action. And sometimes to get that core belief, which if you really think about what belief is, belief is just trust. And trust is developed by results over time. And so if you get fear, you get fearlessly focused and you can't necessarily know you can yet, then I would tell you, tell you to jump past fear and go to the next of the five Fs, which is follow through and just take an action. And, and take a small action that can be successful and build up trust and watch your faith grow. Because the more you can stack these small moments in there and let them be successful, you're gonna, you're, what are you doing? You're actually stacking small moments. Now, those small moments are dropping into your subconscious mind. They're filling your subconscious belief with positive. Right? Because you're consciously focusing on positive, the other, thing, other job of the subconscious is showing you the positive, right? And the positive outcome that you're focused on is coming to you. So you're creating this exponential movement towards a positive outcome. And so, you, so just keep stacking that, your faith will grow. And then just to jump ahead and get to the last of the five Fs so we can really delve into a conversation on this, we kind of already talked about the last five F. And the last one's flexibility. Something is always going to come up that seems contrary to what you're trying to achieve. And you have to realize... In this discussion, we talked about how when you focus on sub something, your subconscious mind shows you how to get there. Well, if you're focused on a positive outcome and something comes up that seems contrary, it's because your subconscious mind is saying, this needs to be addressed to get to your goal. It's not saying, oh, look how I stopped you. <laughs> it's, not, it's not, you know, it's not sentient. It's, it's, it's not telling you, it's not outside of you. You're not schizophrenic, right? So the idea is, is, is that you have to realize that if it's being shown to you, it's just something that needs to be addressed to get to your goal. Basically, it's fearlessly focused with faith, follow through with flexibility. And this system, I call it a system. It's not really a system because it's literally the, the five protocols that are ongoing because you're constantly addressing one element or, or, all, or several of the elements at once. One of the things I do when I do my corporate speeches, I bring in uh, the most timid person I can find in my audience. I bring them to the stage 
And I put them right in front of thousands of people, which is like a terrible thing to do to somebody who's timid, <laughs> right? Um, but in under five minutes time, leading them through this process, they learned to crack a whip and hit targets out of my hand without hitting me. And that is amazing. just just by shifting their their mindset, shifting their, you know, managing their fear, shifting their mindset, keeping them in a positive attitude and getting them to take an action. And under five minutes, they're, they're knocking targets right out of my hand. Wow. That's amazing. I mean, I've seen some of the videos of the demonstration in your website, which is is great. It's such a great way to demonstrate uh, your abilities. And it's sometimes mesmerizing to see you with the nunchucks in the hand. <laughs> yeah. So it's a, it's a great show. I, I think like it's really great to be like, I assume you, you were entertaining first. I was an entertainer first. And then when, when I decided, when I decided to become a corporate speaker, I had just, I had done like 20 some odd years of comedy and sword fighting. And I decided that I wanted to still do some of the fun stuff that I did whips and nunchucks and all those things. But I really wanted to really wanted to affect people's lives in a positive way. And so, so how could I, how can I do them both? Well, if I can bring something, something fun and inter interactive that changes lives into a corporate environment where most people are stressed out like crazy, then I can, I can literally change lives in a big, big way. And so I became the corporate action hero. Now the word, the word action means create motion, start momentum or to do something. And the word hero is someone who achieves extraordinary results in service of others. So I'm giving my entire life to be of service. You know, in, in life, if I see somebody who I can help in any way, shape, or form, I, I literally will, will give them whatever information I have. You know, I remember I walked into I walked into my dry cleaners and the lady says, Can we have your your email address? So I handed her my business card. She says, Oh my God, you're a speaker. I said, Yes, yeah. I want to be a speaker. So I stood there for the next hour and a half and I told her how to get her business started. Wow. And I, you know, and I, and she went on in her first speech and I don't know how she did this. Her first speech was a TEDx speech. Wow. <laughs> I was like, I was like, you're an evil woman. <laughs> but think about this. She got her first speech as a TEDx speech. Now I, I could not be more proud or, or more excited because I had a part of that. Right. But here, here, here's, Here's the other element. So I interviewed her for my podcast, and she was one of the first interviews I did. Her name is uh, Sunny Matthews. She's a diversity speaker. And she said, she said she went and she did TEDx, and they liked her a lot, and they asked her if she would come be on the board the next year because they really wanted that her to be involved. Well, she ended up going on the board, and she just kind of went in there with her powerhouse self, and she became in charge of the board. Wow. And she called me up. She says, next year after COVID's all done, we're all done. We're going to do another one. And I want you to come in and be one of our speakers. So now I'm going to That's do a wonderful. TEDx next year. Right. That's wonderful. So Great. The, the more positive you put out in the world, the more you're going to get back. Yeah. I feel very in sync with that mindset. And I feel like it really also speaks of how, like it puts into words a lot of the things that I feel nowadays, especially like, it's very easy to feel like you're take you're being taken Powerless. by the by the storm of mm -hmm. the world, like all the things that are happening. And a lot of people feel overwhelmed and feel like, okay, there's something that needs to be done. And there's people out there doing things, right? But it's very overwhelming to feel like, uh, how can I contribute in any way? 
it's a it's a beautiful thing when you can actually see small thing you you think it might maybe inconsequential snowballing into something that can be really really impactful and also it can touch you in some way in a positive way it doesn't necessarily have to but you're putting as you said you're putting good out there and uh, that always spreads and and it comes back right and i think that aligns well with the fourth f follow through that struck me um especially putting emphasis on the small tasks that you can use to propel you forward and even if you're not you don't believe in yourself and what you're doing a hundred percent you don't have that faith as yeah. concrete as you would like it yeah. by taking those small steps i think you can better reach that goal and you can start to believe in what you're doing and believe in yourself slowly because you're not just sitting around wishing like oh i wish that i could be i wish i could achieve this you're taking those steps to getting there. Right. And you know, you know, what's really interesting about that is, is those small steps are, 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 are the key to everything. They're the things that get you all of your outcomes, but every so often you're going to mess one up. Right. And you have to give yourself permission to be fallible because everybody is, you know, and see what, what most people do, they mess one up and they go, Oh, I'm so dumb. And they, ah, oh, that's, that's why I went bald. Right. Because <laughs> I'm smacking the air off the top of it. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. But um, yeah, the interesting thing is, is that I had to change that response, too. And that what I did was I just <laughs> you're going to laugh at me, but I, I went every time I'd mess something up, I, I just decided that every time I'd mess something up, I was going to say, well, that's silly. <laughs> right. So I just just gave myself that phrase. Right. So I'd mess up. Well, that's silly. Well, it got me thinking that, well, yeah, if I'm going for the goal and this isn't going right, that's silly because I, that's not what I'm doing. I'm going for the goal. Right. So by, by saying that's silly, I'm stacking another positive moment. Exactly. And you're not saying something that I ident like you identify with. Like when you say right. I'm so dumb, you're talking about yourself, your identity. If you say that was dumb, that's just that doesn't say anything about you. It was just what you did or what happened, and and that's that can be so so important, especially when when you're young, because it's very easy to internalize those voices and then make you part of your subconscious and your identity. You know, I mentioned earlier that I was that I went to uh, Egypt, and when I when I went to Mount when I when I traveled through Egypt, I I I went through Egypt for a month. I literally went all over Egypt for a month. And when I went to Mount Sinai, every, everywhere I went in Egypt, I was treated like an absolute prince. I mean, I was treated so extremely well by everybody I met. And people were, you know, bringing me gifts and food and, and you know, and it was just such a lovely trip. And I got to Mount Sinai and I met the manager of the hotel and had the same experience with him as well. And I started climbing Mount Sinai at one in the morning because you start at one because you reach the top at sunrise. And I started climbing. And so one o'clock, I leave the hotel. I'm climbing the mountain. 2.30 in the morning, in the darkness, on the side of Mount Sinai, I, I hear, John, John, which, by the way, if you're climbing Mount Sinai in the darkness and you hear your name being called, it's kind of freaky. I can only imagine. <laughs> right? But it wasn't God. It was um, it was the manager of the hotel running up the mountain to give me his coat because he thought I'd be cold. What? Oh. Yeah, he, oh he my ran, God. He ran up an hour and a half 
to give me that coke. Now oh check my this. Out. Gosh. Now, now check this out. The next day, I come down from the mountain. I go to Saint Catherine's Monastery, and I'm walking through the monastery, and I hear this voice say, "Hey, are you American?" I go, "Yeah, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm American." He says, "Me too." He says, "Have you been having problems since you've been here?" I said, "No, everybody's treating me like a prince." He says, "Everywhere I go, people want to fight me." And five minutes later, I wanted to fight that guy. Because <laughs> you're like, yeah, I'm one of them. <laughs> yeah, he's a jerk, right? What you put out, you will get. And you talked earlier about the wisdom of ancient teachings. You know, it's what you sow, you reap, right? So it's the same exact thing. What you're putting out, you're creating. And the thing that I find most debilitating to every individual I meet is they are willing to say terrible things about themselves that they would never allow someone to say about their friend. So they're, they are not a friend to themselves. And, you know, Nietzsche says, if you want to have a, a good relationship, you have to foster the friendship first. Well, the first friendship you have to foster is the one with yourself. And you have to make sure that you're kind to yourself. You know, the problem that I see that a lot of people have is they, they get trapped into the news cycle. You know, we, we live in a predominantly positive world. When I, when I leave my house here, say, say, for instance, I had a job up in Cleveland. That's about a half an hour from my house. And say I, I commuted every day to work to that job. You know, on that commute, I'd probably pass a thousand cars. And every day I might see one off to the side of the road with a fender bender or broken down, right? But tonight on the news, it's going to be all about that accident on the side of the road. What should be the number one story on the news is that 999 cars made it safely to their destination without any incident. That's a miracle as far as I'm concerned. That's right. It's so positive that we don't see it. So it's 99.9% positive, our world. And we get focused on the negative because they're the anomaly. Yeah. A lot of people feel like overwhelmed by the fact that now with social media and the access to news, immediate uh, awareness of what's happening in the world, people feel fatigue because we need to be aware of every single cause. We need to be aware of the problems with racism. We need to be aware of the problems with impunity, with all the problems of the world. And a lot of people, like, they just don't have the energy to be, to, to give all the cares, you know? And I feel that that's true. That is a problem in a way. But also, we need to be more exposed to uh, the goodness of the world, what's happening in the world. Because as you said, the news is all about negativity and that's what sells. That's understood. It's a business. But there should be maybe some nonprofit, some uh, institution, something that puts out there the good that is happening in the world. So there's a balance in, in their mindset. You can go online right now, goodnews.com. There's lots of channels to do it. There's lots of them, lots of them out there. But nobody's paying attention to it because that they don't have the budgets of the marketing. You know, um, what's really interesting, one of the things that you just said that I that I wanted to kind of tap into, you said, we need, you know, we need to, and they feel like they need to pay attention. They feel like they need to do this, and they're getting worn down. Well, the longer they're saying they're saying I am in need, they're they're absolutely going to get worn down. Because, you know, the reality of it is, is you create your world by making your part of the world good. Right. And so you need to be, you lead better by example than you can ever lead by trying to change somebody else. Right. And when you talk to the people who there's a, there's a woman I saw who was a counselor for white supremacists 
and she was a she's a black woman and by showing them kindness they the, i just saw a, a tv show and this guy was asked her to please come with him to have his swastika tattoo removed because he wanted her by his side and she said absolutely i'll come so she was giving kindness you know there's another one there was a, a school shooting five or six years ago and i forget the woman's name Aunt, Antoinette Huff, I think her name was. She was the school worker. And the kid came in with a gun. And in the office, she said to him, she said, what's, what's the problem? What's the problem? How can I help you? And he's like, he says, nobody, nobody loves me. Nobody cares. And she says, honey, I love you. And she hugged the gun out of his hand. And, and she sat there with him and she says, I'm going to take care of you. And she actually took, went with the police all the way to the to police station and, and was there to comfort him the whole entire way. And I call her an action hero because she showed love and compassion. And that, that completely diffused it. The po- positive energy is a hundred times more powerful than negative energy. But the problem is everybody's focusing on the negative. We need to get re- everybody focusing on making real positive change for everybody. And that's how we change the world. That's right. Yeah, and I think it starts at a personal level. You can start with the people you know and, like you said, model for them. If you have friends who are going through a hard time, then rather waiting for them to change or showing them how to change, you can show them how you're changing to be a better person. And I think that ripple effect can take action. And soon maybe not on your schedule, but on their schedule, they can figure out how to do the same and make an impact for the people around them. I feel like a lot of our listeners are in that stage where there's, they're either figuring out what they want to do with their lives, they're figuring out how they can contribute to the world, or they're trying to grasp for some sort of like signal of hope. Definitely, that's what I feel in my circle. They feel that there's not enough people out there putting good to counterbalance what they see in the world. And as you said, it's, it's very true. We also need to do the diligence and inform ourselves about the good things that are happening in the world. We shouldn't right. just expect things because, as you said, the budget that these companies are trying to put all that bad information out there, it's, uh, much, uh, it's much bigger. And uh, there's a lot of interest in trying to make people feel in a certain way. There's a lot of people with agendas that are benefiting from divisiveness and, and fear. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's that's what we want to do with our podcast. And that's why we're so happy to have people with a lot of experience and, and wisdom like you to help them feel like despite all the adversity and the pain and the uh, the many opportunities where you could have you could have just diverted and, and started to feel pity and sorry for yourself and, uh, and feel like the world is against you. Uh, and I feel there's a lot of people who are just like in that bifurcation. They're like, which path should I take? Oh, gosh, I, I cannot tell you how many people ask me all the time or, or say to me all the time, I think I'm on the wrong path. Yes. And I... I look at them in the eye and I say, there's only one path and it's where you put your foot Mm. because your life is motion. You know, your life is all about motion. If if you're not moving, you're stagnating. You know, if you look at water in nature, it's flowing downhill. It's got oxygen and life and it's healthy water. 
take that same water and put it in the puddle and let it stagnate. And it goes poisonous and bugs lay their eggs in it and becomes a nasty mire, right? Life is about motion. If you're not moving, you're stagnating. And so one of the things you said earlier is, but the people who are like, you know, they, they, they think that um, people are, are not doing the right things and that we need to, you know, well, I would say that that person, because they're using not in need, they are adding to the negativity. I, you know, they need to get rid of the not and the need and start going, well, I am doing this. I am being positive. They need to, you know, all change starts within yourself. And, you know, it's like when, the, when you're on the airplane, the oxygen masks fall. The first thing they tell you is put your own oxygen mask on first before you help somebody else. You've got to be strong and powerful within yourself to, to be positive, to help someone else. That's very true. Absolutely. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sure I'm talking far too much on you guys. I'm like, no, 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 why, no, no, no. This is why we wanted you to come on the podcast. We could definitely speak for hours. And I know there's a lot of, there's, there's an endless ocean of, of wisdom that we can tap uh, from your life. And, and we're really grateful for your time. We definitely feel like maybe we could take another opportunity and uh, bring you back because... Sure. There are so many things that I wanted to touch. It, it's very interesting to research you. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm different. <laughs> yeah. You you're, you're extremely prolific. You have, I don't know how you, how you have the time to create so many stuff. Just putting videos every day. Also, you have a podcast. I, I take one day a week and I record like 15 videos in that day. And, I and then I edit them. I take one day and just record and edit them. I turned this camera on and I just, you know, open my book of quotes, choose a quote, and I just expand on what I think about it. And I do 15 of them. And then I just sit in my other room with the television on and I, <laughs> I edit them. And then I put them in queue on YouTube. That's basically how that's done. Yeah, yeah. And and it's it's sometimes uh, like when you see it, when you see it that way, it's like, okay, that, that seems very simple, very straightforward, but you also need the experience and the wisdom that you have because you could sit, someone can sit with a book and, and try to do what you're doing, but then they will probably like after 30 seconds, they will go silent. It's like, what do I say? I don't know what to say. I don't, I don't have anything to add to this. Well, I, I'm lucky because I've done over 4,000 stage performances. So I, I'm I'm kind of trained at you know spewing words from my mouth. <laughs> yeah, that's clear. And I I wouldn't call it cheating. I would call it a hack that people can use because you develop a system. After you get used to the workflow, you find shortcuts or hacks to make your life simpler, so you can keep producing more content to help people. And it's not just the videos. Like you have a podcast now. I have two podcasts. Two wow. podcasts. Yeah, I have I have one that's the the interaction hero, which is all about um, basically what I do with the corporate action hero and that kind of work. And then I have one called Spirit Cafe, which is me and a friend of mine discussing spirituality on a deeper level. And so it's very you know we do that we record those every couple of weeks and put out one every one a week. And are those on Apple Podcasts, Spotify? Yeah, they're on all of them. <laughs> they're, they're on all, if you search interaction here, you'll find mine and then you'll find Spirit Cafe or Spirit Cafe podcast. You'll find that as well. And you are ba basically on all the social medias. Oh, I'm uh, not all not all of them. I'm not I'm not on Instagram. I'm not on TikTok. I'm, but you can find me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, on Twitter, I'm JD Action Hero. 
uh, on everything else, I'm Corporate Action Hero. If you search Corporate Action Hero, or if you go to my website, corporateactionhero.com, you'll find all kinds of links there for all the things. You'll also find my daily vlog, which is basically my YouTube videos right there in the one source. Uh, my Inter Interaction Hero podcast is there. And what I'd like to do for your audience today is I'd like to give them a, a free gift. And when I say free, I mean free. I mean, you're going to go get a link and you'll go there and you'll download my 5F workbook to help you go through your own 5F process. But you don't even have to give me an email address because I said free and my word is good. So you go there and you just download it. I'm not getting anything from you. Nothing, no information, no, no nothing. So the goal today is to bring value, not to take from. We'll make sure to put it on the description so everybody has access to that. And, and that's so wonderful because it's, it's as you said, putting value out there and it will come back in some way. And, and that's really, really wonderful. I, I'm sure our audience will love it. For, for me, as, as, a, as a speaker and as, as an action hero, as I said earlier, my job is to bring value everywhere I go. You know, when I meet somebody who's new to something like, look, when I met you guys, I started talking, talking to you about tech right away because I was like, I could see th things that maybe you didn't know or maybe you did know. And I just wanted to make sure you did know because my job is to bring value. And so... I think if all of us could could live that way more, we would end up having a much better world. Absolutely, yeah. I'm pretty sure we could. I can speak for both of us that we we hope to be as resourceful and also bring as much value as you're bringing out there. And I, I really hope that more people get to know you and reach out and uh, get as much value as they can, and they also can contribute to expand that right to to bring it to the world. And yeah, thank you so much for joining us on this episode. If there's anything else that you would like to, to share with us or share with the audience. Uh, what I would say is tomorrow, uh, today's choices are tomorrow's outcomes. And so make your, your conscious choices today. And the only thing I will say other than that is don't tell grandma. Yeah, <laughs> do not. <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> except you can tell her about the five F's. Okay. Download right. that. Yeah. Download oh, yes. that workbook. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> just just absolutely. don't tell her about the six F because that's bad. Oh, that's a bad one. That's a bad one. Well, thank you so much for joining us, guys. Uh, as always, you know, you can reach us at uh, on our socials at A Journey for Wisdom on Instagram and A Journey for Wisdom with the four as the number uh, on Twitter. And you can also send us an email to podcast at don'ttellmygrandma.com if you want to have if you want to reach out to us and have some questions answered or you just want to say something and you want to share it with the audience. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us, John. And um, We hope to have you back on our yes. podcast again. Um, yeah. I, will, I will gladly come back. I love you guys. You guys are great. Yeah, oh, thank, you. You thank you. Thank you. We got so much meaning out of this discussion. I hope and so. That's, I, and, and as did I, because I think that when, when, when people are sharing, it's, it's more than just words. It's energetic. That's yes, right. Absolutely. That's right. That's well, we right. definitely fed off of the good energy that you provided us and our mm. listeners today. And our viewers also, because we have a camera yeah, here. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Let us know in the comments, uh, subscribe, like and share. Do all the things that they do on YouTube. We are figuring it out. We don't know yet. <laughs> we are now bringing you the podcast in Technicolor. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, see you guys well, well, next hang on. time. I'll, 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 I'll tell you. I'll tell them. Uh, yeah. Like, subscribe, share, and hit the bell button. 
That's right. Right. That's there right. You go. Those are all the things. <laughs> right. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Bye. Guys.